0: Did sound great, and I was really appreciate them for singing out. And I know Miss Barbara appreciates you coming up and participating. Looking forward to working in our uh, cantata this year. It's going to be good. It's going to be a really great cantata. I know the kids program also will be wonderful. Open your Bibles, Book of Genesis, Chapter Twelve, as we continue. Our short series, just four messages this month every uh Sunday is on those uh real uh nice cozy numbers seven fourteen twenty one <laughs> and twenty eight and uh seven days in a week and so today is the twenty first looking at the third in this series of faith promise series, a challenge of faith uh Let's all, when you get there, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. And Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the, one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Let's pray. Father, we ask that for your strength and guidance in those times that you test us, in those times that you allow us to go through difficulties, may we be found faithful, and may we lean on you for your strength and guidance. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you for standing and and for the reading of God's word. You know, and you know, looking at this faith promise uh, ministry or principle that our church has adopted. Uh, it has been a blessing to a lot of people. It's been a blessing to our missionaries. It's been a blessing to our church. It's been a blessing to many individuals I've heard share about this. And, you know, I was looking at the uh, the right there in your pew. There's a, an envelope somewhere, unless somebody's already used it. And it says, you know, it talks about missions. In our giving to missions. Uh, you, giving to missions is the lifeblood of our church. And, but missions does start here at home. Helping people here at home. Helping even we have a mission point here in Hamburg. Worldwide uh, missions and supplies, literature and supplies here sponsored by Calvary. Uh, There's a lot of mission points that are greatly helped because we go the extra mile, we as a church. Now, I want to go ahead and ask you like I've done the past two Sundays just to pray about if you don't presently participate. As a matter of fact, I I wouldn't even begin to ask for you to even pray about an increase uh, because I know how, I, I leave that between you and God, that You know, and also some people talk about pledges, like I remember growing up as a kid watching the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Telethon, Labor Day Telethon. Growing up and seeing all that, just, it became a staple. You know, I remember Karen talking about it way before I met her, and uh, somebody said I robbed the cradle, and uh, I met her, started seeing her when she was 15 years old, but couldn't go anywhere. We just had. I just had to go over to the house and hang out because she wasn't allowed to go on a date until she was 16. And uh, so I just patiently bided my time, and it paid off. But she talked about that, you know, seeing the Jerry Lewis. But, you know, in that, in giving to a muscular dystrophy association, you give a pledge. You call the operator. I remember this. You call the operator, and they would mail you. Uh, you say, I pledge 10 20 $100, whatever. And uh, and then they would say, I pledge to give that, but this is more than that. This is a promise not to a church, because the church does not know it's between you and God. That's what it is. That's why it's called faith promise. I promise by faith to say, you know what, and we only ask people that are tithing to participate. So if you say, well, I really never have tried tithing, and... Uh, and I, I guarantee you, God's got a blessing for it if you just consider and pray about tithing. That, so this, this faith promise is just, it's a step above to say, God, oh, by the way, one more thing before I move on to the, the meat here, and that is this, don't pray, you know, I put it in the introduction, our prayer should be, Lord, give through me what you would not give to me, So it's not about God giving you something that you can give away, but Lord, what can you give through me? That's all I want. Can you give through me? So to have eyes of faith, God, uh, I will try to do my best to allow you to use me as a tool. You know, thinking about God owns it all, uh, you don't have to turn to 1 Samuel, but it just... It's, this story is very similar in Genesis chapter uh, 22 here, and they had prayed for a long time. Lord, give me and Sarah a son. Give me and Sarah a son. And of course, the famous story that most of you are familiar with—you might not have heard it. Whenever they found out that she was going to have a child at 90, he's going to be a dad at 100, and that's you know, and Sarah's thinking that's crazy. There's a matter of fact the Bible says she laughed. <laughs> oh, why did you laugh? I didn't laugh. <laughs> God said, Yeah, you did. I heard you. I knew you laughed. And it, but it is, you know, sometimes to God's plans seem crazy to us. God, you want me to do what? <laughs> and you know, there's many people in the Bible, I think about uh you think about and then of course uh, the story of 1 Samuel. Hannah prayed, "Oh, I want a I want I want a child. I want a child. I want a man, child, I want a son. I just, you know, give me a son. Give me, you know, and he, she she's just praying for a child and and uh but that's what she said, "God, you gave me a child. I'll give him back to you." And that was her prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, think about that. This is exactly what uh Abraham is asked of to do with Isaac. You want me to, to kill him? Now, he knew in his heart that this was not God's plan, so there must be something up. Some, God's got somehow a way to get me through this. Did you know this? Many times in your life, you're going to be faced with a situation, of, a place of faith, where you don't know how God's going to get you through it. Right now in your life, you may be going through something and you don't know how God's going to get you through it. But you know he promised he would. He's going to get me through it somehow or another. So I've got to give him what he asks. In verse 1 and 2, it does sound um, kind of uh, crazy to even make the statement, God you're you're asking me to do something that's crazy. God, you are crazy to ask me to do this. There's been many people in the Bible. Abraham did this earlier in his life. And then all of a sudden God answered his prayer. And they have a son. Him and Sarah have a child. You know what else I think of? I think of Gideon's reaction. You want me to attack all those Moabites with how many people? <laughs> you, I just, matter of fact, he said, well, uh, could you give me a sign? And then there's the famous sign of the Gideon's fleece. I just I just don't know if I believe you, God. I just don't know if I should do this. God, tests us. You know, and I often think about that. Matter of fact, if you have a King James Bible, it says that uh, it seems like there's a contradiction because in Genesis 22, 1, it says God tempted Abraham. But if you read over in the book of James, chapter 1, it says that God tempts no man. Well, we know that if we research it and say, well, that's a contradiction. It proves the Bible's wrong. But all you have to do is study and you find out that the word tempt here just means test. And so he allows us to be tested. So many of us will be tested in life. You can be tested by people. You can be tested. But the thing is, God allows those people to come into your life to test you. You may be tested by a boss. You may be tested by an ornery coworker. You may be tested by a belligerent neighbor. You may be tested by a flat tire on the way to work. You may be tested by a car that won't start or just click. You don't have anything. Or you may be tested by a drop phone call. How many of those have we experienced over the years? You may, I mean, how many things can test us in life? But God allows those things to happen. Did you know that? Did you know this? There's nothing that God's going to allow to happen to you that surprises him. Oops, I didn't mean for that to to happen to Bruce. I didn't know it was. Did you know nothing ever surprises God? (laughs) Nothing uh, ever surprises God. You can't slip one over on the Lord. He knows what he's allowing to happen in your life. And what he's not allowing to happen in your life. Also, matter of fact, uh, he does this. And we often ask, well, why are you allowing this to happen to me, God? And, uh, and I put in there about Job, consider Job. Matter of fact, he said that uh, to Satan. Consider my servant Job. There's only one reason why God allows you to be tested. And uh, the ultimate reason, anyway. There's other blessings. But the main reason is to give him glory, to give him glory. You say, well, it's to strengthen your faith, but he gets glory from that. You know, what, what does that mean for, for, for God allowed testing? Why? You say, God, I don't want to be stronger. I don't want to be tested. I don't want my faith to grow, even though that should be our prayer. We should want our faith to grow. We should want to get closer to God. Um, so why should, why should I want to be tested? You know, this is crazy. We think, God, I just don't understand. It reminds me of that story whenever we think, God, I just don't like your plan. I don't like your, and you know, you can tell God that, but he says, well, so it's my plan. <laughs> it doesn't matter really what you think. There was this fellow one time in a and uh, in a vehicle and he uh, was driving on a mountain road and it, his car slid off the cliff and he jumped out of the, a uh, car right before it slid off the cliff, and it's a thousand foot drop down to nothing. It's at night; he can't see. He's hang- all of a sudden before he slides off the uh, edge of the road and off the cliff, he's dangling. He's grabbed onto one little sprig of a bush, and he's hanging on, and he can't reach the top. So he's calling, "Help! Help!" And all of a sudden, out of the blackness up above him, he hears a voice. It says, trust me, just let go. And he says, who is that? He says, it's the Lord. I want to help you. He said, after thinking about it for a second, what I need to do, just let go. The man said, is there anybody else up there that would like to help me? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like God's plan about just letting go. You see, we may, just like Abraham, we, you, we may say, I just don't know about this plan. You want me to do what? That fellow hanging on to that brush said, you want me to do what? You know, and he's, he's got the instructions, you want me to do what with Isaac? You want me to do what with Isaac? Well, let's read the story. Continue on. Abraham rose up early in the morning. And saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. And on looking at this, it says, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide you here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they both, and they went both of them together. You know, I call this just a rising to the challenge. You know, Abraham had failed God before, especially in Egypt with his, uh, with Sarah. And he said, Oh, that's my sister. <laughs> you know, he just, you know, when you go to line, you know your faith is like, huh? <laughs> It's not not expanding. It's not getting better. When you go to lying about things, well, uh, definitely we're not pleased with the Lord. And that's really what happened with Abraham. He got into a bind. He got into a pickle. Can God protect you when you can't protect yourself? Yes, He can. Okay? Can God work? You know, and looking at this, this is a great scene. Basically, somehow or another, after a hundred... Some odd years, Abraham has reached the place in his life where he says, God, no matter what, you know, think about that. It's kind of like uh I was reading the other day about a 70-something-year-old lady who went back to college to become a nurse. I'm like, that's determination. I mean, think about us saying, well, you know what? I may be 70-something, but I'm not quitting. Here's Abraham, a 100-and-some-odd years old, And here's Isaac, his son, and he says, okay, you want me to do what? He says, I failed you in Egypt. I failed this test. I did leave, you know, my homeland and come over here to the promised land, so to speak. I did do a few things right, but basically, no matter how you look at it, he's reached a place in his life where he says, okay, God, I'm tired of failing. I want to trust you, and I want to do what's right. And this is a great type and a shadow that basically for us to look at There's three things that are really cool, the symbology of verse 6. You have the wood, which represents sin. You have the fire, which represents God's judgment. And then you have the knife, obviously, which represents death. If you notice verse 6, what does it say that they did with the wood? Isaac is carrying it. You see it there? He put it on Isaac. He's too old. Abraham's too old to... You know what Isaac represents? Isaac represents us. And so here we are carrying our sin, and we get up to the, so to speak, where later on it's hypothesized that the very place on Mount Moriah, which later became Ornan's threshing floor, which later became Calvary, that the very Son, Jesus, would come down and be our sacrifice for our sins, so in other words here we have this great picture you and me carrying our sins is there anything you can do to get to heaven folks none of us deserve to get to heaven Isaac represents me and you and if you stop right there according to John 3:18 you know what John 3:18 says it says if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your savior you and I are condemned already Why? What is John 3? Because we have not believed. The only way to go to hell is just as all you have to do is do nothing. It's our default destination. Isaac goes up there. As a matter of fact, he so trusts his dad. I don't, you know, we're condemned. He would have killed him. And I put the verse over there about Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham believed God. He said, you know what, God, I believe you. I trust you. And even if I kill my son, you know what the Bible says? He believed God so much that he believed if he would have killed Isaac, that God would have raised him from the dead. And so guess what we have here? If you stop before, I mean, before that angel said, stop, don't kill him. Isaac was a done part. And you know, unless God... Follow me. Unless God intervenes, we're done for. Unless God intervenes, and by the way, He did, because He has a son, the Bible says, was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, that one day, just like these young people over here a while ago, that were crying out, help, help, help. One day, we're going to be traveling in life, and every one of you, I hope and pray, know Jesus Christ is your Savior. In other words, some point in time, you cried out to God, and you said, help. Some point in time, I don't know what age you were, but you, if you haven't called on the Lord and said, Lord, help. I need a Savior. And that's what happened here. He was done for. He was going to die if God hadn't have intervened. I don't know what age you were when you got saved, but God intervened in your life some point in time. If God hasn't intervened in your life, you're not saved. Which all that means is, as you said, I realize I am a sinner. And I realize if I die without Jesus, I am going to hell. In other words, judgment. Did you know fire in the Bible represents judgment? All the sacrifices of the Old Testament were burned, judged. Matter of fact, he he had seen this all before. He trusted his dad. And in order to be saved, we must trust our heavenly Father. And as I referred to earlier, Abraham trusted God so much that according to Hebrews eleven, seventeen through nineteen, I'm not going to turn over there and read it, but it's a great passage. You know what it says? Abraham trusted God so much he said, If I even have to kill him, God will raise him from the grave. Now to us to us, that sounds crazy that why would God even this is God would never do God did <laughs> say God would never do that he did God would never ask that of somebody he did that sounds crazy. I know we don't live in that's four thousand years ago that's a long time ago people. Matter of fact, it was also a practice of false religions in those days, human sacrifice. Now, I don't think God's going to ask any of us to do that, and our kids are going, phew, praise the Lord. I'm glad. I'm glad God doesn't do that anymore. I don't think I trust Dad. He gets the Bowie knife out. I remember one time Dad coming home, and I think... Mom still got that he had taken off a prisoner, and uh, a big Bowie knife is that long, and uh, he brought it home. Has a big old huge thing, huge knife, big silhouette, just big old handle. Had the hand protection thing on and different things. I imagine the scene that must have looked at because the Bible does say in verse ten. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here I am. Here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Oh, by the way, guess what? Remember this, God did not ask of Abraham what he did not do himself later. Because God gave his only son for me and you. He did give up his son to die, to be tortured to be stabbed, to be killed. And Abraham looked or lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering. And note, I've got an underline in my Bible that says, in the stead, in the place of, on behalf of. That that word means it all. It's just a great word. In place of, in the stead of, on behalf of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. As a matter of fact, that's what that word Jehovah-Jireh, that's a great word. Jehovah-Jireh, it means several things. The Lord will see to it or the Lord will provide. God will provide everything that you need. I want to ask you something. Are you trusting in Him? Are you trusting the Lord this morning? Let me go ahead and say this. Every one of you this morning are going to have going to have a challenge of faith in your life. Now, right now in your life, that means a testing. In Genesis 22, it says God tempted. It just, we know it means to test. Right now, every one of you are either A, you're going through a test in your life, or B, you're going to go through a test in your life. And right now, your life may be sitting in neutral or park. <laughs> God's going to allow something to happen to you. I don't know. And some of you have already been tested. You've been tested. And you've been tested. And you've been tested. And you say, you say brother Michael if you're right. I don't know if I can handle another test. If you can't handle it. God won't allow it. But if God allows it. It means you can handle it. But you can only handle it through his strength. I know that. It, Folks it's. It's the world we live in. We live in a broken world. People test us. Situations test us. Our kids test us. Our parents test us. Our whatever. Our boss. Our co-workers. Our na- it. It. All it is is say, how do I respond? Do I respond the way God wants me to? How does God want me to respond to this? How does God want me to react to this? As we prepare for a hymn invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer, Father? I ask this morning that you would help us to rise to any challenge of faith that comes. When our faith gets weak, may we not shy away from reacting in a way that you want us to. May we not give up, may we not quit, may we not uh, say, I I can't handle it because we know with your strength, we can make it through. As Abraham did, may we rise to the occasion, and when we even don't know the answer or how you're going to work it out, may we trust you anyway. Father, thank you for blessing our church, for those who do give. Extra of the resources, their time, or however they give, Father, that they would be blessed because they are stretching out on faith to do what you ask. Not what people expect, but what you lead them to do, dear Lord. Father, I thank you for helping us each and every day. In Jesus' name. Amen.